welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. starting a new series today called Greater Gifts, and I'm very excited about this. Uh, I will tell you this, that I was uh, thrilled with the response from our last series that we just finished called Wasted, and uh, I, I shared about, you know, there's no place for a follower of Christ to get drunk, uh, that you have to live in that tension between moderation and abstinence, and uh, I shared that I had some, you know, not positive emails uh, the previous week, and I will say this. Boy, did you ever respond with positive emails this week. Thank you. I mean, I was inundated with them over and over and over again. Like, yeah, preach it. Go old school. Yeah, and I'm with you. Amen. You know, um, so I'll drink to that. No, they didn't say that. But, um, you know, it was like like that type of cheer. I was like, man. And uh, funny note, uh, our Minneapolis campus, right before the sermon started, uh, they meet in the poorhouse, and it's a bar downtown. And uh, so we're going to have a, a sermon on don't get drunk at the poorhouse. And right as they were ready to show the sermon, the ceiling burst open and water started pouring in on the congregation. And they had to cancel service. So they all had to watch online. And uh, it's interesting. What happened is there was a fountain on one of the floors above us. And somebody forgot to turn off the water hose, and it just was overflowing, and then it burst through into the church. So, um, you know, I say to Minneapolis campus, let it rain, let it rain. And, uh, you know, but uh, anyways, I hope they got caught up online. But here we are, we're picking up on this series, uh, Greater greater Gifts. And I want to say that we're going to pick up where Paul left off in Ephesians 5.18. It's a scripture we used last week, but we'll jump not talking about alcohol, but talking about being filled with the Spirit. Paul says this to the church at Ephesus. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. We compared two, two unequal spirits, the spirit of alcohol and the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And Paul's saying, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. We talked about that. Now we want to talk about be filled with the Spirit. You and I are called to get as much of the Holy Spirit as we can, to be filled with the Spirit, to be filled to overflowing, to be so full that we've got enough for us and other people, like rivers of living water flowing out of us. And I want to tell you, it's like a command for us to be filled with the Spirit. So I want us to increase our desire for the greater gifts of the Holy Spirit, for more of the Holy Spirit in our church and saying, let's go for this. Let's overflow. Let's be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let's go for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And let's have this be a year of greater power, okay? Paul was saying there's a wrong way and a right way. Go for the right way. And Paul knew what uh, Jesus had said. He was taught this by others, and he knew what Jesus said, that after the Holy Spirit would be poured out, we'd receive power. 
Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And there's power available. And I'm telling you, as we pursue the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's more power available. And it reminds me of a story that I've shared once before, but five years ago, I traded in my truck. I've always had a truck for probably ever, almost since the church started, and I've always called it God's truck, and we've used it to haul the trailer and different things, and I was trading in my truck and getting a new truck at the time, and I walked into the dealership, and I said, you have one hour to sell me that truck right there, zero percent interest, because that was the deal. I said, I know the truck. I've got good credit. One hour. Let's do it. Can we do it? And he said, we can do it. We can do this in one hour. In 57 minutes, we made the sale, did the whole deal, got the financing, everything. They got the car prepped. And as we were leaving, he said, now, you know about your car, your truck? I said, yep, similar truck, same, you know, same basic thing, just newer model. I got it. He goes, you know about everything? You know about your remote start? I said, no, no, wait, wait, wait hold on. What do I got here? And he said, well, yeah, you just take your key fob out. And so I took it out. And he said, just take your key fob out. And he said, uh, push lock twice and then hold the round button at the top. Just hold that down and you have a remote starter. So I did that with my truck. And I was like, that is amazing. And then I thought, wait a minute. Give me my old key fob. So he gives me my old key fob. I push the lock twice and then I hold that round button down that I didn't know what it did. And all of a sudden my old truck starts up. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? For four years, I had power for four years, four Minnesota winters, and I didn't know there was more power available. I, I was so upset. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Now, sometimes I just remote start my car in, car in July because I'm like, I'm making up for lost time. You know, like you just cool down, you know? I couldn't believe it. All that time, you know, you're, you're wishing for more power. And if you're here and you're wishing for more power, is there something more available for me? Power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you there is. And I don't want you to feel like I felt. My pain, your gain. Okay? I want you to feel like, hey, this church will tell me about the power of the Holy Spirit that is available for me. You're not going to be a part of River Valley Church and go for very long without hearing about the Holy Spirit retreat and different things that will help you to understand the power that is available to the follower of Jesus Christ. Now, my confession to, hear, to you right now is this. Um, I want to let you know, I want the church to be very clear on this. I am Spirit-filled. I am baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've received a prayer language. Some call it tongues. Some call it a prayer language. I pray in tongues or a prayer language, whatever you're comfortable with. I cannot imagine following Jesus without this power. When I was 11 years old, I gave my life to Jesus Christ at seven. At 11, I found out that there was more power available and I went after it with all I had. I was like, I'm not leaving church until I get what they're talking about because if that's available, I want it. And I just can't imagine you know, I've been spirit-filled for so long, I can't even imagine not being spirit-filled. I just, I can't get there. I love what the Holy Spirit does in me, through me, for me. I love how he uses me in the gifts. And I, I will tell you that I, I just have enjoyed this with my whole heart. It's, it's part of who I am, all right? Now, I will tell you this in this same confession that I've been in churches. I've been a part of them that it was excessive and weird things happened. And so I, I, I saw that as a youth pastor and as a member of the church, and there are things that I'm on guard for. And so um, I've, I've wanted to protect our church and new believers from some of the excesses that can be in a spirit-filled church. But I want you to know the power that's available. Um, I, I, I've tried to 
um, make it really friendly at our church. And I've tried to warm some of you up by being, you know, full of love and full of all the other things that the Bible talks about so that at the point where I'd reveal something to you like this, you'd kind of go like, well, he was normal before we knew that. We'll give him a shot, you know. That's what I'm hoping for. And um, I just, I'm just telling you, this is something that is, is so good. And I want to live in that tension of saying the power of the Holy Spirit is available for you. I have this greater gifting that God has given to me uh, through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want you to have this. I want you to know we'll protect the church. We'll do things decently and in order. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12, 13, 14, it's interesting. Um, here's the way I view it. In, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about the gifts that are available in the power of the Holy Spirit. He talks about that. They're listed. They're wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, healing, miracles, uh, faith. He says there are these gifts that are available, these charismatic gifts that are available for us. And I believe that as he's writing this in, uh, to the church at Corinth, it's almost like he goes, these are the spiritual gifts that are available and they're amazing for the church. And he goes, hey, but wait, let's back up for a moment. And in chapter 13, he goes, uh, if I have and I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I'm nothing. And so he talks all about love. And to me, the way I look at it is like, he almost wishes chapter 13 could be before there. And he's kind of like, the gifts need to be wrapped in love and then they need to be wrapped in humility and order because in verse, or chapter 14, he's like, this is how it should be done. It should be decent. It should be in order. And so you got love and you got order and you got the gifts. And that's how I want it operating in our church. Lots of love, lots of gifts, lots of order and humility in the gifts. And I hope that by the time you're done with this series, we are barely going to scratch the surface today, but I hope that by the time we're done with this series, you'll say like, this is good, I'm excited, I'm leaning in, I want more of this, this is for me. Um, this is a safe place for you. I want you to know that. This is a safe place for you. Um, you are saved before you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. When you give your life to Jesus Christ and you make him your Lord and personal Savior, you're saved, okay? And then God says there's more power that's available for you. There's more power that can be yours. There are gifts that are available to you. Okay, so he says you're saved. These gifts are available and you can have them. But I want to let you know you're saved, okay? You're not any more saved if you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have more power gifts that have been given to you, but you're not more saved, okay? So please don't think like, well, now what do I got to do to get saved? I got to get these things. No, if you gave your life to Jesus Christ and you made him your Lord and personal Savior, you are saved, and these powerful gifts are available for you when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Simply put, the gifts of the Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is the plus for the purpose. The purpose that we have is to go out and preach, go out and win people to Jesus, go out and to make disciples. And this empowering that the Holy Spirit does for you, this is the plus for the purpose that God has called you on. That's why he's saying, and again, in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's power, there's power, there's power. And I will tell you this, I, I believe that if there wasn't the power of the Holy Spirit poured out on the day of Pentecost, I think the disciples probably would have sat around Jerusalem and wrote all sorts of books about how to serve Jesus. They'd have thought about it. They'd have made plans. They'd have had strategies. But when they got the power of the Holy Spirit, they got boldness. 
They got gifts. They started to move out and say, we can go make a difference. We can do this for God. We are going to advance the kingdom of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they were very thankful that Jesus gave them more power to do what he called them to do. So as we look at this, I want you to get past any stereotypes and anything like this. And I want to clear the confusion. I want to clear some of the confusion. Again, this is a multiple-part series. Please stay with us. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to put a bonus teaching online um, that I taught our staff about this. And I just did a simple teaching when I speak in tongues and why I do it and where I do this. And so we'll probably put that online as a bonus teaching. So I want to clear up some of this confusion here. And I want to let you know that the, the confusion that is there around this is not just you. You look at the Apostle Paul, how he opens up chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Like, I want you to understand this. I want to clear it up for you. This is a very spiritual church. And he's saying, I want you to understand. There, I, I want to, so you really understand how these gifts work and what's going on and how God wants to use them and how he wants to use you with them. He says, I want to clear up the confusion and I don't want you to be uninformed. And I think some of the confusion about the gifts of the Spirit and about baptism in the Holy Spirit is just, we just don't know. We just don't know. And I believe that, you know, as I was praying about the service, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, many of the people that come to River Valley Church don't come from religious backgrounds where they say, that's not for today. They come from religious backgrounds that never mentioned it. And so like, I just didn't know. I didn't know there was more available for me. I didn't know this. And you don't need to feel condemned. You need to be excited that a church would be willing to show you that there's more power available, all right? In Acts 19... In Acts 19, Paul saying, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And it says, they answered, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. We haven't heard of this. What is this? So Paul goes and, and baptizes them, and they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says they speak in tongues, and they prophesy, and they start functioning in these gifts. The people had no idea. These were good, godly people that were talking to the apostle, and they're just like, we didn't know. And he's like, oh, there's more. There's, there's power available for you. So if you don't know, um, you're just like the people in Acts. That I just didn't know. I didn't have an understanding. I didn't know that it was there. I'm so glad that you informed me of this. And I want to tell you this, this church will inform you of the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a, another group, though, and if we could help clear up some things. There are others that say, um, I don't desire I don't desire this. And I'm all saddened by this. They're like, I, maybe they came from a, a church background that's like, no, that's not for today. They, they believe that those gifts have ceased or they're just like, I just don't want, I don't want anymore. I, I'm all saddened by this. I'm all saddened that people would say like, I, I don't desire because Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. He's saying, desire this. I want you to have more. I want you to have a hunger for more. And um, I think that there are some, again, they have that bias from other churches. There are others that just don't want to be sold out. They're like, this is as much as God gets of me. And again, I don't understand how you can call him your Lord and Savior and say, I don't, I don't want any more. Um, I can understand that there's fear. I understand that there is fear. You're kind of like, well, well, like, what, what, what happened? Like, what if I, 
you know, like what happens if you get baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues? I mean, what if like I'm in school and the teacher calls on me and then I answer in tongues, you know, and and I get in trouble, you know? They don't know. That's not gonna happen, all right? It's not gonna happen. Or they're like, what happens if like I wake up and I'm only speaking tongues and it's not gonna happen? I'm just telling you. So there are some fears and in this series we wanna talk about that, alleviate that, and help to bring the clarity to this. Because, you know, again, some people are like, I don't know if I want to do this because I don't know if I've seen people that have talked about baptism in the Holy Spirit and tongues and getting more of the Holy Spirit and they were kind of, some some were crazy, you know, and you've seen that and I've been in churches like that and, you know, people running around and twirling and falling, some call them holy rollers and, you know, um, in our family, the, the, my great aunt and uncle, Calvin and Ann, um, they went to a revival service in Minneapolis, and uh, they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and our family was raised Lutheran. That didn't flow our way, you know, and they were crazy Calvin and Ann at a Thanksgiving dinner, like, oh, crazy Calvin and Ann showed up, you know, until others in the family got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then we're all crazy. So I'm just, we didn't get weird. We didn't get weird, but we got bold. And the Holy Spirit does not want you to get weird. The Holy Spirit wants you to have greater boldness. And I would venture to say that most of the people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit and are weird probably were weird before they were baptized. I'm just going to say, you know. <laughs> Back and I had a chance to go to a Celine Dion concert and saw her singing, and she's amazing. And I was watching the crowd, thousands of people there, and it, it felt like a charismatic Pentecostal service. I mean, she starts singing, these people stand up and they're waving, and then these people are waving. This lady like passes out, and uh, this guy, lady's got a sign on. Another lady next to us was like, worse. I mean, I was watching it like, this is, these, some of these people are crazy, and, they're, and this isn't even church, okay? And I thought, there's just crazy people everywhere, all right? So don't make it like it's just charismatics and Pentecostals. And by the way, we don't use those words because, again, they have connotations with them. But if you wonder, yes, technically we'd be Pentecostal, charismatic, spirit-filled church. And, uh, but they have, how many know they have some negative connotation to them? I can remember when I was pastoring in St. Cloud and um, two young ladies came to our church and they said, uh, are, are, excuse me, are you, you your spirit-filled church? I said, yes, we are. You know, they said, okay, um, kind of nervous. And I was like, okay, that's, it's fine. Welcome, welcome. They said, like, is there, is there a snake-free zone in the church? And I was like, a what? They thought we were like, you know, Kentucky Snake Handler Church, you know, and they thought that was spirit-filled people. And I was like, no, 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 the whole church is snake-free. Don't worry, you know, we're all, we're not doing that. That's not us. That's not, a, you know. Okay, so there are some negative connotations. And I would just say, please set this, those aside. Please set those aside. Realize there's power that's available for you, for you. I just pray that you would desire, that you'd be like Paul said, earnestly desire these things, earnestly desire. I never have found once in the Bible where they're like, just settle, take it easy, don't go after more of God. Just kind of halfway's good enough. I never see that. It's always more, more of me, more of you, less. I want more of you, God, and less of me. I want more of you. I want more, I want more. And that's been the way that I've seen it in the Bible. So if you don't desire, I pray that you'll get hungry enough that you'll desire this. I pray that you'll see what God's doing in our church, in our lives, in the people around you, and you'll say, I desire all that you have for me. Now, there's another thing that keeps people away from experiencing all this is you haven't figured it out. 
so you hold off. You're like, I haven't figured out. I don't know how this works. I got to figure it out. I got to know it all before I get there. I got to know it all. Okay, I'm just going to tell you this. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know how God raised Jesus from the dead other than he has the power to do it. But I don't know exactly how he did it. I don't know how God heals today, but I know that he does. I don't have all these things figured out and I'm going along with what God has for me. And if it's in his word, I want it. I haven't figured out hardly any of this, okay? But I'm going to say I don't have to have the Holy Spirit all the way figured out to see that it's in the Bible, it's in the book of Acts, people have experienced that I love and respect, and I want as much of God as I can get. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You receive the gift. Jesus was excited with his disciples. He's like, guys, just wait. There's something coming. He's the Holy Spirit. He's coming. And in John 14, 16 through 17, Jesus says, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you, and he'll be in you. I can see in an, in an eager anticipation of Jesus, like, you just wait. You just wait till the Holy Spirit is poured out. And when this happens, you're going to receive power. You're going to be flowing in gifts. You're going to do greater works. This is going to be amazing. You just wait until this happens. And the Bible tells us in Acts 2 that the Holy Spirit was poured out. The disciples were called to wait, wait until they received this power. And in Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And it's interesting, right after that, the people thought they were drunk. Of course, we just finished the Wasted series. You know, and the people are like, these guys are drunk. And Peter's like, no, no, they're not. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a power. There's a boldness. There's something going on here that's supernatural. And he said, this is what Joel prophesied. It's for us, for you. This is what he was talking about. It's for generations to come. And it's an exciting thing. And I want to tell you this, that we believe that is available for all of us today. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. Jesus promised, then the Holy Spirit was poured out. You don't have to pray now, Lord, pour out the Holy Spirit on me. He's here. He's ready. You just need to say, help me to receive all that you have. Help me to receive the baptism. Help me to receive what's already been poured out. And I'm telling you this, that as you start to do this, you will uh, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We believe that the Lord will give you a prayer language, speaking in tongues. Again, whatever you're comfortable with. And that will be an initial sign that he's baptized you in the Holy Spirit. And as you start to speak in this prayer language, you'll know that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You'll have a boldness for witnessing, and you'll get this prayer language. Now, some people say, well, I, I, I desire this. I want this. What if I don't get that? You know? And some people have said, well, if you don't get it, you must have a problem, and it's blocking you. And I would say this. There's not a blockage here between you and God. Usually, if I've ever seen anything that has blocked anyone from speaking in tongues, it's a blockage here. It's like between their brain and here, they're like, they're, I can't figure this out. i got to figure it out. I feel like a word to say, but it's not English, but I'm not saying it. And they're like, you have to do this, Holy Spirit. You have to do it. And if you, then I'm not. And, and they struggle with it. Like, I've got to figure it out. And I'm telling you what, you, you don't have to have it all figured out. You have to have a yieldedness and you have to learn to yield supernatural and natural coming together. Yes. 
And for a lot of people, it's like, ah, especially engineers, they're like, I am going to figure this baby out. <laughs> but you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit in your seat right now in the church. You can be baptized on your way home. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit at the altar. You can be baptized uh, at, on a global team. Many experience that. You could be baptized. I mean, I heard of one guy who's baptized in the Holy Spirit in a hot tub. He was an engineer, by the way, relaxing and chilling, all right? I'm just saying. <laughs> this happens, all right? And people will say to me, like, well, if I get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, do I have to speak in tongues? I would love to change that to, you get to. You get to. There's a gift that's available to you that Paul talks about. You're edifying yourself as you pray in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is rejuvenating you. Something's going on. You're connecting uh, spirit to spirit with God. Like, you get to. You get to. And say, like, boy, you get to. And I hope that we can have that leaning in. But not only that, there's more gifts available. All right? I don't want us to stop there. A lot of churches are like, okay, good. You're speaking in tongues. I'll stop there. There are more gifts available. Recently, I had a dinner with a a family in the church. And um, it was the same family that I talked about in the Wasted series. And they said, you know, know, they offered us uh, alcohol, but we didn't take any. And I was not offended. But then at the end of the night, they were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were like, what, what, talk, just, I mean, we didn't even think we'd go to a church like this. Now we're going, and we didn't think we'd raise our hands. Now we're raising our hands. We didn't even think we'd talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now we're wanting to talk to you. Like, talk just about this. And I'm telling you, I love that people are leaning in, leaning in and saying, I'm excited for this. I desire this, and, and I want this. And your only requirement is that you're a Christian, that you're a Christian, that you believe on Jesus Christ and that you're open to receive what the Holy Spirit has for you. Jesus says, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So there's more power available. There are greater gifts. And I said, they asked me, they said, what, what, what gifts do you have? Because if there's nine of them listed, which ones do you have? And I started listening. Like, this one, this one. There. How do you know? And I started talking about it. And I said, this, this, this. And they said, oh, that's fascinating. And so we'll talk about that in one of the weeks ahead, about how do you know which gifts you have? How do you function in them? And uh, how does God use it? Because it's not just tongues. We're not going to stop there. There are more gifts available to, to help build his church. It is the plus for the purpose that he wants us to do. Now, for those of you that are, yeah, but I'm analytical, I need more info, let me just say, sign up for the Holy Spirit Retreat. Sign up for the Holy Spirit Retreat because we do, you know, six hours, I think, five, six hours. You're like, that t- we start with breakfast, go to lunch. I mean, we go through and we explain all this. And one of the hesitations I think about a lot of churches is um, they don't talk about this because it's such a big topic. It's such a big topic. And they're like, how do we talk about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in one sermon? We don't. We do sermon series, and we do bonus sermons, and we do Holy Spirit retreats. And so if you're like, man, i got to figure more out, I would encourage that. I'd also give you a couple of resources that are great. Um, We have uh, The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. We've had Robert preach here before. And then uh, The Holy Spirit, an introduction by John Bevere. Two amazing resources for you if you're saying, I need to know more. I need, I'm leaning in, but I need a little more. I might be an engineer. Um, and you're saying, I need a little bit of this, all right? Read the book of Acts. Read the book of Acts. And then just say, Lord, whatever you have for me, I'm open. I'm open. Kenneth Hagin years ago was an amazing man of God. And he talked about just sitting down and he heard about it. And he said, all right, God, if it's for me, I want it. 
I want in. And he said, God baptized him right there where he was. And he started speaking in tongues. And he couldn't believe it. He's like, I thought I had to go to a professional preacher to get this. And in my own chair, God could give this to me. I'm just telling you, we want to lean into this. And, and I'll, I'll just, I want to be very clear. No one's ever forced to do this. But I pray we make you hungry enough that you want to pursue this. No one's ever forced, but I just pray you're hungry and you're like, I want this, I want more, I want more, I want more. And here's what I'd pray as we close out this service. I would pray that you would be as aggressive after the gifts of God as you are to open your Christmas presents. All right? Now, some of you are like, well, I tear the tape off and save the paper. Okay, get the book, uh, join the class, all right. I was not that guy. I was like, tear it open. Socks and underwear. Rock them, sock them, robot. Yeah, pre-digital. How many know I was pre-digital? You know, you open up, yeah, you know, slinky. You know, you're, and you're opening all these things. I went old school there, all right. And you're opening the gifts and you're just excited. And you're like, yes, another, that's just what I always wanted. Okay? I pray that you'll have that same aggressiveness for the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he has for you. They're there for you. Those gifts are there. He's there for you. And Jesus says, I'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I'll give you the power you need to fulfill the purpose that I have for you. These gifts are yours. And I'll tell you this. I never opened one gift from my parents and was afraid to open the gift. I never thought, what's in there? Oh, no. I was eagerly anticipating what my loving parents gave me and Jesus said we can expect the same thing about our loving Heavenly Father. He said, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He's a good Father, and He will give you good gifts. So Lord, I just pray that you'd give us good gifts. Good gifts, great gifts. We receive this. We are open. Many are receptive even now to say we believe that we will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We'll speak in tongues. We'll open ourselves up to all the gifts of the Spirit, and we will pursue this. Some need more thinking, education, simmering, soaking, whatever it is, and I pray that they'd pursue you with their whole heart. they desire more and never less, and if it's for them, they would desire it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.